Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Monday morning edition of the PHLY Eagles podcast. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman here. Zach, we've got a, a full week of morning shows. You must be on top of the world. This is awesome, right? Well, I wouldn't say this is morning. This is close to noon. All five shows this week are before noon. I mean. Speaking my language right now. I like it. How are you feeling? You feel, feel like great, energized, excited week for the two. week. Here we go. Week two here. We, yeah, week three in the NFL. Eagles Bucks next Monday. Had a chance to dig in, watch a lot of football yesterday. Uh, and more football tonight. In between your, uh, in a, like, undescribed family time that you had, right? <laughs> Spent a lot of good time with the family, but also watched a lot of football yesterday. And You're a football guy. Yeah, got to see, got to do advanced work on the Bucks, which mm. is good. So I don't have to spend Tuesday night watching the Bucks. Yeah, now. what are your uh, if, if you're doing like the advanced work? What are the uh, what are the tendencies that you found out? What are you what are you putting on Nick Sirianni's desk this morning? The Bears aren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'll tell him. The Bears aren't very good. And he's gonna uh, he's gonna be looking for a new uh, quality control coach. <laughs> yeah, defend Mike Evans. Okay. Uh, that that defense swarms. Okay. Okay. They get after you there. Probably don't throw a screen pass when you're backed up. Uh, okay. Inside the five or so. Yeah. Those are a few quick notes off the top of my head. Those will be very helpful to him, I'm sure. Oh, I, I can imagine. Okay. Well, we're going to have a chance to talk to Nick Sirianni after this show for his Monday morning press conference. Maybe you can relay those messages to him. But we've got plenty to get to on this show. We are going to talk about the Avante Maddox news, unpack that a little bit. Eagles might have a new punter. We can talk about that. Had a chance to watch the All-22. So we'll talk about some offense and defense takeaways. You know, the football truism that it's never, uh, never as good or as bad as you think live. I think that that might be... Uh, true in this case. And then maybe at the end, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Jalen Hurts at Time Magazine. So hmm. uh, plenty to do there. But Zach, what is the what is the news this Monday morning for the Eagles? Yes. Yeah, so uh, late Friday afternoon, I found out Eagles cornerback Avante Maddox. After the show, we learned the initial diagnosis is a torn pectoral. That's according to a league source. It would be a season ending injury. They were waiting for the results of a second opinion. On Friday, I believe NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported today that he's, he's undergoing surgery. So, so that would indicate this is going to be the type of injury that will keep him out for the season. Maddox, 27. He's a, is it definitely season-ending? Well, they say indefinite, but, but my understanding is, is that if the torn pectoral diagnosis was confirmed, they expect it to be a season-ending injury. Okay. Uh, now, he's... He's, he was limited to nine games last season because of different injuries. Uh, and as we discussed on the show last week, the Eagles lost Zach McPherson during the preseason, the preseason opener, uh, who was supposed to be their top slot backup this year. And that leaves Mario Goodrich as the top internal option. And there are some other options that we can get to as well. Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to what the Eagles do next uh, in a in a minute. But I want I want to talk about Avante for mm -hmm. a second. Um, as you mentioned, this is year six. He has played one full season in those six years: thirteen games, twelve games, ten games, sixteen games, nine last year, two this year. If this is indeed the end for him, um, he is a very good player when he's on the field. Yes. Right? Uh, he got that ball out. Uh, forced that fumble in the, on the, the Vikings' second drive. I didn't notice this live, uh, and, and I, it, it, you know, it, it popped to me watching that 
he was the he was the safety. We talked about this in, when they were in base against the Vikings in their five-two base defense. He was the safety. We we've always talked about. You know, can Avante play safety? Will they will they press that button? They pressed it right away. They went right to it with a new defensive coordinator. He's very reliable uh, when he's on the field, but he cannot stay on the field right now. Yeah. And you feel for him because he is, you know, one of the most like, you know, good energy guys in the locker room. Everybody loves him. But the truth is right now, his contract, he's, he's 27 years old. He's played one full season. Um, the, the contract is structured such that if they were going to move on from him, it would probably be a post-June 1 release. It would be $7.5 million of savings if they did that, $2.5 million of dead money. There's also the possibility, maybe the likelihood, that they could restructure his contract, which would, which would save, according to Over the Cap, about $4.5 million. Zero to 100 turkeys, Zach. How many turkeys do you think you would put on Avante Maddox's on the 2024 Eagles? Hmm. 63. But very specific. I like that. <laughs> but, Usually you're, you're on the round numbers. Yeah. So I'm, good trying, for you. I'm trying to evolve. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I would say if he's back, it's, it's not under the same contract structure for the reasons you no, mentioned. Yeah. No chance. Basically. He, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I, I thought you put it well when he's on the field, he's been a key player for this team. There's a reason why they signed him to a contract extension during the 2021 season. They identified him as someone who they thought could be a core player going forward. But we did talk about position. it at the time that mm -hmm. of that group of guys who they signed, he was the one where the deal itself was the most chancy. Like chancy Dallas, in what way? Because you're, you were paying top of the market for, for a nickel corner yeah. at a position where there is a lot of year-to-year -year variability yep. always. And even then, he had not had... Uh, a proven ability to stay healthy. Yeah. So uh, with Jordan Mailata, you were you were you know buying low on this guy who had who had potential like rocket ship to the moon upside. With Dallas Goddard, you were you were buying he's going to be the full time tight end. Mm -hmm. With your boy Josh Sweat, you were buying the upside. Yeah. With Devontae Maddox, he was you were sort of paying the top of the market for a guy who might just yes. plateau and. It was also sort of part of like the storytelling the of like, part, yeah. uh, okay, we're, we've got this core group. It was the iffiest of those s signings, which is not to say that it was a bad deal and maybe it was, you know, designed to be restructured. But I, I do think that like there's no chance he's back on, on that number. Yeah. And I, I hear what you're saying. He, he had the, the lowest ceiling of those guys that, that they kept, but he did have a significant role on the team. Sure. Uh, the Eagles view slot cornerback I mean this is we're not doing the show in 2012 right it's a starting position in the NFL uh number one but it, but but number two you you see kind of in their actions the Eagles have a dedicated slot cornerback coach this year mm. nickel cornerback coach uh a Chester native Ronnell Williams and in talking to Sean Desai and talking to Nick Sirianni one thing they say about it is is that's a specialized position that needs specialized training and so the Eagles I I know this from our, our work at the time in 2021 when they signed Maddox to that deal they viewed him as a top of the league slot cornerback at a position that I don't want to say it's hard to fill because you can find slot cornerbacks day three in the draft. But like you said, there's variance to that position. So they thought this was a consistent player who kind of embodied personality wise where they were going as a team. You mentioned it there that he's a popular player, an energy player. 
in that draft in 2018, he's someone that, that the Eagles really targeted because they thought that he he kind of fit those characteristics um, that they're looking for, almost like Sidney Brown this past year. That said, you got to stay healthy, and he hasn't been able to consistently stay healthy. Some of these injuries have been, you know, freak injuries. The the one in Green Bay in 2019, that's that's that that's not like a muscle pull or, sure, or, or something but- like that, but these accumulating injuries and you saw it last year in particular with the foot uh and the fact that this happens now week two it is something that the eagles need to think about especially because slot cornerback is a position if you evaluate it correctly you can get someone on a rookie contract uh in the third round fourth round fifth round to fill that role and it's part of the reason why the eagles carried seven corners Mm -hmm. on the 53-man roster because not just Devontae Maddox, but obviously Darius Slay and James Bradbury are both over 30. You have to think long-term about what your replacement plan for those guys is. Now, all of a sudden, you have to think, you know, are we going to have to replace all three um, sooner than later? And, and that might be the case. And obviously, we're going to get a, a good look at what their internal options are over the course of the rest of the season here. Um, we can talk about in a little bit how, how Mario Goodrich fared. But um, you feel bad for Devontae Maddox, but... It, it does seem like this is the end of that particular part of the era for, for him. I would say so. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say getting injured two games into the season, a year after he was limited to, what, nine games. Yeah, yeah that, I don't want to say the writing's on the wall, but it's not looking good. Now, the Eagles also uh, potentially making a, a transaction here today. Hmm. Yeah, Zach, what do you have there? Tell me about that. According to Adam Kaplan, uh, hmm. the Eagles are signing Braden Mann to the practice squad. And this is notable because Aaron Sipos is on the Eagles practice squad. He has one elevation left. You're allowed to be elevated three times before you, well, there's, there's certain ways around that. But if the Eagles are playing this practice squad roulette, if you will, Braden Mann is someone that they've looked at in the past. He was with the Jets. He was with the Steelers. Uh, he was a drafted punter. Okay. Six-round pick. Six-round pick. Texas A&M, correct? Texas, I think. I think he might be an A&M guy. Okay. We'll, we'll have to look that up. Okay. Um, well, he's, I thought you were going to lead with the fact that he, he won an award in college. That's like your favorite thing in the world. <laughs> is, it, is, is that my, That's not my favorite thing in the world, but, but, but it's certainly. It's close. Could, yeah. it's, like, it's like your I mean, family, cookies, <laughs> guys who have won awards in college. <laughs> That's a strong. I think number two is pretty high up there. <laughs> uh, number one, number two, uh, yeah. But I think the award winners are a little lower. But it is something you know when 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 you're giving the the elevator pitch yeah. on a player. You, you know, you, you give 30 seconds on a player. Oh, they're interested in so-and-so. Yeah, but you, you, you don't use it as like a, bi- a biographical nugget. You yeah. use it as like as proof, like of, as proof like, of why he's good. Like so-and-so won the Blinkoff Award. So right. Like, okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, a six-round pick in 2020, five picks before the Eagles took Sean Bradley, six before, mm. of course, John Pinacini was drafted by the <laughs> Detroit Lions. <laughs> of course. Dynamite dropping. Uh, yes. Yeah, Brandon Mann, um, according to our friends, the uh, the punt runs, the Puntalytics guys, last year with the Jets, he was like 24th in the league, which was three spots behind Aaron Sipos. But through the first two weeks, a small sample size, Aaron Sipos has been one of the worst punters in the league, according to the Puntalytics, 28th of 32. I think there's a chance. I mean, I think it's probably likely that this guy's the new punter. And he's, he's younger. Yeah. Uh, he's someone who I imagine they're not going to keep a punter on the practice squad throughout. At some point, they're going to have one on the 53. 
It'd be kind of fun to just do that. <laughs> just cycle just through. Just cycle through. Yeah, why yeah. not? Three guys each. You know? <laughs> That's true. Uh, so, oh, it, it makes sense. We've been talking about Punter now for months. Braden Mann's a name we discussed in the spring because of right. the background. He, he lost that Steelers yeah. battle. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the Jets did wave him earlier in, in the offseason. So, yeah, I have no objection to this move. I, I don't think Sipas has, has particularly fared well, as you pointed out. The, the holding operation is something that I point to, but as you... Why? Said, it doesn't, like, everybody can do it. There's no punter in the NFL who can't hold. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what's the anecdote you you gave last year when they made the change? Yeah, who, what, was, what was the name of the guy they signed? <laughs> you know who they signed? Uh, I can't Brett remember. Kern. Brett Kern. Yeah, yes. Brett Kern is asked about it. He's yes. like, hey, you know, and it's every time you add a punter, it's like, oh, like, how long, you know, you got the punting to worry about, but how long is it going to take to get used to the... He's like... Like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll go do it right now, and it's going to be very easy. I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah. It's the so, exact same. So Jake Elliott has, has been terrific this year. He, he has that symbiosis, if you will, with, uh, with Aaron Sipos. But I guess I will. <laughs> yeah, Braden Mann's done this. Braden Mann can do it. Braden Mann, I assume, will do it. Hmm. Will he be the man? With two ends. Mm, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what did you make of the uh, the undefeated Sunday for the NFC? NFC East, rather. Tough one for Jonathan Gannon. You know, I thought at halftime. Yeah, your family must have had to console you. I mean, <laughs> at halftime of that game, I thought we'd be coming in here and you'd be talking about the plucky Jonathan Gannons, knocking off. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't off, have been the case anyway. Knocking off your boy, the giant. Your 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 boys, the Giants. Yeah, this was Berman Bowl. Didn't you have the Giants over this year? I don't think I did have the I had the Commanders over. Oh, okay, that's what yeah. it was. And and the Commanders are two and in up. part because I thought the Giants were going to be very okay. bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not particularly impressed with the Giants. Got to say that. Not impressed with yeah, the Cardinals. Not, <laughs> not impressed with the Cardinals' second half defense. Uh, that I, I thought the Cardinals did enough to win that game. I don't know how you. I mean, it has been pointed out. I am not the first one to say this, but yes, I think uh, it's fair to say that Jonathan Gannon likes giving up points in the second half in that stadium. Hmm like what he lives by that's that's a, i haven't seen that yet yeah, okay yeah, okay um yeah that so i i make of this uh, well here let's start with the headline okay that's the cowboys uh, i think the cowboys okay. are the headline the cowboys are really good and we've been saying this all along that i i thought they were the biggest threat for the super bowl for the eagles the niners are up there but i'd like the cowboys more uh I'm putting on the the same evaluation that I gave to Nick Sirianni about the Bucks. Okay, Micah Parsons. Oh man, man what a player! <laughs> Jeez, yes, um, yeah. It's like if 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 Nick says, "What'd you make of the Cowboys?" Right. You got to figure out how to block that that yeah. Micah Parsons guy. Thanks, uh, yes. thanks, Zach. Yeah, seriously, he's he's gonna add me to the staff by the end of this show. <laughs> um, you think he's watching? Uh, he, let's see, he's he's got a press conference in exactly an hour, so maybe probably so. Probably so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, trying to do some advanced scouting. Um, I, th I thought the Cowboys just overall, the, the, I mean, I mean Parsons is, is a game wrecker. We know that, but they can have, they can hurt you in so many different ways offensively. Uh, they're deep defensively. They're really athletic. They are not hurting themselves this year. You know, this is back to back weeks. Uh, so the, so the Eagles don't have to think about the Cowboys for a few months, but winning the division is, is going to be really difficult because the, the Cowboys are up there as an elite team. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, I, I think we agreed before the season that, that they were maybe the biggest competition in the entire conference. But that said, I mean, they've played Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones. I'm not willing to throw them a parade just yet. Let's 
Let's see what happens. True. Okay. You want to tell me about DraftKings? You make any you make any bets this weekend, Zach? <laughs> well, I I was I was on DraftKings and let me pull this up here. Uh, because we're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings is not stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. So there are two games on tonight. Make sure you check that out. You got the Saints playing. Uh, you can see the Panthers. So check that out. Football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code PHLY. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call call 188-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See Sportsbook dot draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming uh, resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply nice job thank you all right let's talk about the offense uh, after having having uh, you know crunched the film like like the football guys we are zach um the big question to me when i was watching was you know how much of what I perceived from watching live as like Jalen Hurts really struggling back there was indeed the case uh, versus, you know, what things did he not have control of? What might have been offensive design? Um, I, you know, you, I would recommend watching the, uh, the JT O'Sullivan uh, QB school of the performance on YouTube. That was good. Fran Duffy also yes. has a good piece on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, which you should read. And, and it, it is true that watching it made me feel a little bit better. Um, uh, I, it was not as as bad as I thought. Um, there were a few. I think there are some some concerning things. Uh, let's start with the good. Um, the, he made a couple of really nice plays. In like the 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 AJ Brown touchdown that was called back on the Rashad Penny hold yes. was an unbelievable play by Hertz to to get away from pressure and then throw that ball while he's running to his right. The next play, the one that just is off of AJ Brown's fingertips, the way he climbs the pocket there. Uh, I loved that play. That was great. And in, in a game when it, it seemed like maybe he was a little bit too frenetic, the way that he was, you know, calm in the pocket and, and climbed there, and I thought it was a good throw. You know, there, there's probably a case for Tiki Tack holding there. Um, what? <laughs> Tiki Tack holding. I like that. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't egregious, but mm. I thought there was a case for a, for like, a flag. Like the Aiden Hutchinson one in that Seattle-Detroit yeah, game. That was not – like, don't, don't cry me a river on that one. Like, not a big deal. <laughs> a lot of Detroit like, fans are crying a river for yeah, that like one. a lot of uh, – that goes uncalled all the time. Yeah. That was totally fine. I feel Lake Ontario right now with that. Um, and I didn't think he made many bad throws. Like, when he made the right – there was I, I counted one bad throw. Uh, that second drive, he misses Dallas Goddard open along the right sideline. In terms of, like, things he's not – 
reading or seeing. Um, I, I sort of lean a little bit more towards offensive design than Hurts himself. Now, there were, there, were, there were several plays where it was, it seemed like, Hurts himself. Um, aside from the throws, which we can get to, but like a couple of those reads when it looks like he should give to DeAndre Swift, in the, the ever-evolving uh, conversation we have about how much should Jalen Hurts be running, like, uh, let's give the tie to the running back, Jalen, okay? Like, unless, unless you know that you are wide open, just give the ball, right? Okay. Like, can, can we agree about that? The, uh, I mean, you just want him to you want him to, to want to be the guy who wants the ball. You're reading the defense. OK, so I. OK, I, so if he I has a bad that. read, then yeah. that's, that's just I that. have more of an issue with him running into sacks. That's that. Well, that I think that's the like, I think the worst plays of this game were and it's funny because they came after what I thought were two of his best plays. Those A.J. Brown throws were those two sacks he took. Yeah. Um, they're both against three man rushes. Yeah. Um, when the Vikings add an extra guy eventually, you know, the first one, okay. It's like, it's like a two yard sack. You stay alive. That third down sack, you know, to take a 12 yard sack there after you just took a sack to take you out of field goal range when you have all kinds of time in the pocket. And on both of those plays, you know, there were guys who he could have thrown the ball to the first one, Devonte Smith is wide open. The second one, it's like he could throw it to Goddard quickly, but you got to know like your internal clock. And you, like ha- after having just taken the sack, you got to know, like, I cannot take a sack here in a close game at that point. Like that was a Like that's, that is a, you know, it's a, that's a rookie mistake. Yes. I, I agree with you there. The, the plays, when I say run into sacks, I didn't have a problem with him running. I, I, I thought that the sacks that he took were not sacks where it's like the pressure was overwhelming him. It was, they were plays when he ran into the sacks, right? Like you mentioned there, you know, he could have gotten rid of the ball. Um, I have more of an issue with those specific plays than when he's holding it on, on you know, on the RPOs uh, or. Yeah. I mean, mostly that's fine. Yeah. yeah. But also like if DeAndre Swift has a wide open hole, yeah. just give him the ball. Sure. Uh, now what, and also, the play design can be just to hand it off to DeAndre Swift, right, too, right? right. It, uh, now, what jumped out to me in addition to watching the game is when you look at the numbers. Uh, Jalen Hurts against the Blitz in, in week one, four of nine for 31 yards. In week two, nine of 12 for 154 yards and a touchdown. Now, mm. the numbers are inflated there because of the deep Both touchdown. Both of the, yeah, the, and, and the first one to, to, yes, exactly. to Dante, right? Yeah. But, but still, he's, he's completing nine of 12 there. Uh, and then the other thing, when you see the coverages, he's uh, this. I'm, I'm I'm curious if you think this is simply the byproduct of playing two like-minded defenses, or if it's kind of team spending the whole offseason watching Hurts. They saw more cover six in these past two games than any time in Hurts' career combined. 14 in week one, a uh, 14 snaps in, in week one, or 14 pass attempts, I should say. 15 in week two. Um, so that that is. Uh, that's a high number, and they haven't seen that. The last time they saw it near that high, I think, was 10 snaps against the Bucks. not during the playoffs, but when they played them, uh, okay. it was a Thursday night, or no, it was a primetime game against the Bucks in 2021. Uh, but I think that this is something to watch going forward. When, when teams have cover six, they're obviously trying to take away the deep ball, which is something Jalen Hurts referred to after the game, 
when he said teams spent the offseason watching the Eagles and they 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 don't want AJ Brown running by them or Devontae Smith running by them. Now, of course, Devontae Smith ran by them twice. You mentioned Fran Duffy did a really good job breaking down the uh, how the Eagles were responding to the blitz and you know taking advantage of of going deep there. But uh, it is something to watch in, in terms of the way defenses are responding to Jalen Hurts, and we'll talk to Brian Baldinger later this week, I think tomorrow, where uh, we can get some more insight on that as well. Also, the interception was really bad. Um, you know, he's, he's just staring down Devontae Smith that whole route, and the linebacker makes a nice play dropping back, but I also thought the safety could have picked it off too. Um, and then there's the one when he's rolling left, he misses Jack Stoll wide open. There, there were a couple of tough plays. I think that... <clears throat> that chemistry is not what it once was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe there's something going on in the trust level uh, <laughs> with Jack Stoll. I, um, I don't necessarily view it as like the book is out on Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, I think you have to give some credit to the opposing defenses. But I do think that if, if you're going to be seeing like take away the deep ball type defenses, then you got to be willing to, you know, take what's there. Um, and it seemed like there were times when, when he was just not fully taking that and hoping for something else and maybe not seeing the fuller picture. Yeah. And those are the times when, when you know, he's sitting there and it's a, a three-man rush should not be creating pressure on you. You're absolutely right. And you, you shouldn't be sacked against a, a three-man rush, right? Um, uh, unless there's, you know, a blown blocking assignment, which I, I didn't think there, there, there was. I, yeah, I you thought, know, one thing I will say is... Um, I saw that like uh, you know there was a, an unnamed website that that graded Jordan Mailata as like the best performance by an offensive lineman of the past yeah. decade or yeah. whatever. I'm not saying that's something that's created uh, just for content's sake, and you know as someone who we have to do a show five days a week, you got to create content. <laughs> but I am saying that um, if you were incentivized to just create content, you might say something like a guy who had a pretty good game, but not like the best game I've ever seen had the best offensive lineman game of the past decade. He's given up some pressures. Like he's a beast in the run game, but it was not like I didn't watch that film. I was like, oh, my God, send Jordan Mailata to Canton. Yeah, I I thought he did a really good job in the run game. Yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily look at that game and say that's, that's the best left tackle. He gave up some pressures in yeah. uh, pass protection. That's fine. Yeah. He was good. We don't have to throw him a parade. Yeah. Well, he's a good player. Um, now, here's my other question for you, Zach, and, and I want to throw this uh, hypothetical at you. I like hypotheticals. So, you know, this, the, the offensive game plan in here, in this game, it was so bad in those first couple drives, right, aside from the, the, the deep completion to Devontae Smith. But, uh, you know, you just look at it, those first four drives, you know, uh, three quarters of a point per drive versus four and a half points per drive the rest of the game, right? And it all changes when they flip to that fifth drive, like, okay, we can just kill this team mm-hmm. up front, let's run the ball. So if it is that the bad part of the game plan was the stuff that they put in during the week and had planned ahead of time, and it's these, like, uh, you know, low upside throws to the outside, just stretching things horizontally. The first time they get in the in the uh, red zone after the the first completion to Devonte Smith, it's like a terrible sequence there, where you have the uh, like the the read option on on third and goal from the seven, and that first play is a is a you know a quick throw to AJ Brown. What if it's the opposite of of our read, and that like those are the Nick Sirianni plays? And then once you get into the flow of the game, it's the offensive coordinator who's then turned the, the page to the, to the running game. I don't know if that's the case. but well, There's no way we'll ever know, yeah. right? But, like, 
Uh, everybody, we're, yeah. we're, we're, everybody's so quick to pin this on Brian Johnson. Sure. He's the new offensive coordinator. He's the new variable. Yeah. Why does the offense come out looking so that's rusty? That's true. And, and look, the but those are like the opening script is, is that's the thing that's worked Nick. on with Nick Sirianni, right? Yeah. Like that's a great point. That's a great point. And, and you might be right. And by the way, I, I think being able to adjust to what the team's doing with what the defense is doing in my view, and there might be coaches who, who disagree, but in my view, that's more important. Than, sure, I agree. Than what your opening script is and kind of what your game plan is going forward. It's 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 the adage, what do you do when you get punched in the mouth, right? Like, all right, this is the way they're playing you. They this is their move. What's what's your counter move? And I do think an opening script is important and, and, and you want to get ahead and you're doing a lot of things early in the game to kind of see the way they're playing you, right? You're getting them in, in, in different looks. But how many times have have fans in the city complained about an offensive coordinator who did not adjust and here's someone I, I thought brian johnson did a good job adjusting uh jason kelsey said it after after the game you know it, it could be kind of boring sometimes inside zone inside zone inside zone if it's working and you right. stick to it there's there's something to it it, it kind of reminds me of the thursday night game in green bay in 2019 uh when you, you know when uh there was kind of this this maybe impulse to pass, 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 mm. but Green Bay couldn't stop them on the ground, and that helped to help the Eagles go up to up, up to Lambeau and pull off the upset. Classic, uh, classic game we all remember. Classic game we all remember. Yeah. yeah. Also, a game where we went straight from yes. the post game pod yes. to the airport in the rain in the uh, rented pickup car or pickup truck. I think mm -hmm. it was after you took a nice little nap on the drive <laughs> over, which uh, Emily gives you uh, yeah. endless amount of grief for. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever eaten a breakfast that big in my life. Um, well. And, and was there a milkshake involved? Or was well, it? with you, there typically is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that was um, Madison, Wisconsin beat me. Madison won and Zach zero. Yeah. yeah that was fun. Um, all right, my next question or, or uh, comparison that I want to ask you about. You know, you watch this game and... Dallas Goddard is just like doing work in the running game, mm. right? I mean, and that is his job, and he's he's killing it. Uh, you know, JT O'Sullivan has a good clip of at the end of the game he, where uh, gassing up JT today. Yeah, it's great stuff. What do I'm going to tell you uh, about how you know Dallas Goddard does this like you know the accidental run into the cornerback to clear a little room for AJ Brown, and you contradict that with you know AJ Brown complaining on the sidelines um, and you know, not running full speed routes when you're watching the tape and not doing his job as a blocker sometimes. And you've got these two guys who both want the ball and you just look at how they're acting on the field. And I, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying this to like, be like AJ Brown needs to try harder yeah, or whatever. Like AJ Brown is still, you know, arguably the best player on yeah. the entire team. That's true. But everybody else on the team is watching the film too. And I just think that it's it, it stands out how one guy's acting and versus the other guy's acting. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm, like, look, I'm not no selling you here, right? I I get what you're saying, and Goddard was a beast in the in in the uh, in the run game. I thought too that in New England, you know, Goddard wasn't particularly enthused that the ball wasn't coming true. his way. That's absolutely true. Number one, and and number I I I don't have as much of an issue with. With the AJ thing, I said it on Friday's show, and I, I, I stand by it. Now, you want to see, like, effort on the field. But as far as, like, the sideline stuff, 
I think healthy disagreement's good. I, I have no issue with a wide receiver and a and a quarterback going at it. Um, you know, you're I have much less issue with the sideline stuff okay. than the on the field stuff. Okay. Yeah. Now did you think he was disengaged on the field? Occasionally it looked that okay. way to me. Um okay. Then he also, you know, then he goes and makes a, a nice play yeah. on the would-be touchdown and almost scores again. Um, but yeah, I, okay. I just, it's, it, is, it is a thing that is not going away. That's all. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think uh, you can have Matt Collins, who's out there aligning right, assigning right, doing everything yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not saying I want then, somebody else. Yeah, I mean. You know, I'm just like, it's not going away. Okay. Like, okay. It's going to be a storyline as long, as long as they're all here. You need to get A.J. Brown touches. He's that good. I agree. Like, yeah, you know, Shane Steichen used to write down 18 and 6. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, 11 and 6. Uh, it'd be weird if he wrote 18. <laughs> um, 11 and 6 on his, uh, on, his, on his play sheet, 88. Like, figure out a way to get these guys the ball. Um, you know, I, I remember Frank Reich in 2017 saying he had, uh, you, know, you know, certain 17 plays, Alshon plays, right? Like, Get Alshon the ball. Um, and I think that's, that's how you need to be. Uh, I'm, I'm on Team AJ in this one. Like, get, get a, good things happen when AJ Brown gets the ball. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. But I don't know. A little maturity is not the worst thing in the world. Okay, I'm not conflating competitiveness okay, with maturity with immaturity, though. Yeah, okay. that's fair. Uh, last thing I wanted to say uh, on the offense, just to check in on something that we haven't really talked about since the summer, is that I think I think Cam Jurgens is doing solid. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not perfect, but I think it, it has not been a um, a problem area for them so far. Are Are you seeing the athleticism at play? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Um, and they're going to have a much more difficult yeah. test. Uh, on Monday night against Vita Vea and that that Bucks front, but you know, and especially in terms of like size mismatch, yeah. that would be difficult for him. But but I think he's he's holding up okay so far. Yeah, the Vikings are not particularly big inside. No, not at all. And they once were. They once had Linval in there. They once had Linval. They once had the Williams brothers. Yes. You know, all good stuff. All right, Zach. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about game time now. And uh, I know that. You know, you have had your uh, issues in the past showing up uh, to, yeah. like, National League playoff games and hoping <laughs> that you would just get in. and uh, Not hoping, but okay. Yeah. I mean, it seemed Working, like your, your, your game plan was basically just hoping and uh, didn't work out. But that's okay. Because next time you're going to use game time. Absolutely. Zach. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. You get those images of the seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and all that good stuff. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day for the, of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. For comedy fans like Zach Berman, Game Time comes in handy. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Um, you want to know my biggest takeaway from defense, Zach? 
Let's hear. Uh, I didn't think Mario Goodrich was that bad. Well, you're a big Mario Goodrich guy now, huh? No, I mean, uh, you know, uh, he loses one-on-one to Justin Jefferson, but of course he does. He should, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's a good job by the Vikings to scheme up that matchup, right? Um, Other than that, he was okay. I didn't see, you know, I saw one or two what what looked like maybe missed assignments. Uh, He was okay in run support. Um, I thought that Josh Job was maybe a slightly bigger problem. Mm. Uh, than Mary Goodrich. Now, so you're not of the, the way... play Bradbury inside Job. Now, I don't know if... I, okay. I, I think that could be the thing that they do. I think they probably still have more faith in Josh Job than they do in Mary Goodrich. Um, but I would imagine even if they didn't think that Mary Goodrich played a great game, you're not going to... This guy made the roster on the strength of his performance in the summer as the backup nickel. He gets thrown into the mix... If you thought that highly of him after training camp, you're going to give him one full week of actually, you know, preparing to be the starting nickel. I think now they could go Bradbury inside uh, and Job on the outside. I think it could. We could see a little bit of both. What's what's sort of your expectation? I'm expecting to see uh, Goodrich out there uh, now. I think the the. Uh, Bradbury in the slot component is more matchup specific. I think that's mm. the way the team was was viewing it. When you play the Giants twice, if they have Darren Waller there, or you you play the Chiefs and they have Travis Kelsey mm. there, uh, it makes sense then. And now, if the Bucks are using Chris Godwin in the, in in that role, that's that's a tough matchup. But I I I just think from a body type perspective, you're not viewing Bradbury as 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 your slot option here. I do think you'll see Goodrich in there. Goodrich is somebody who was with the team last year on practice squad. Um, that they they do like him in that role. Now he was I I thought early in camp putting up a fight with Zach McPherson. Yes. There. I think they're – I would still look externally, um, but as far as the internal options, Goodrich is, is clearly the, the Externally top how? Point. A trade? No, I mean, you – I think you can find a veteran nickel. Uh, I think nickel's a, a spot where – The guy where, who's on the street right now? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say a, a, a name where, you, where you're going to say, Zach, you are so into this Philadelphia storyline, and so, Jeez. okay. Are you going to go strap on me? No, Logan Ryan. <laughs> who is like he's a philadelphia guy because he was a founding father with benjamin franklin that's how old no, he he's is? from south jersey okay yeah he's from i think he's from i think i think he went to eastern high school uh was he in a camp no he was not in the camp okay so but, you're gonna sign this guy who wasn't in the camp and just give him the nickel job I, they did that with sue and linval last year yeah, I think right. defensive tackle is a little bit different than okay. cornerback. I'm, I'm just giving – look, this is not a particularly good group of slot cornerbacks that are available on the open market. Uh, Grant Haley, a Penn State guy, uh, has some experience. But the reality is, no, there's, there's, there's no one that jumps out. And there's no one on the practice squad that jumps out. But slot cornerback is a, is a position where veterans have been I able to I think it would be it. a pretty bad sign if – you keep seven guys at cornerback mm-hmm. entering the season, and the first sign of injury, you're you're going to sign guys off the street. Like, okay, that's fair. Trust your roster, right? Like, true. Now, a season-ending injury is different than a, you know, a four-week injury where where yeah, you, where you get fired. But I I I see your point. Uh, now, 
I mean, you drafted Keely Ringo in the fourth round, right? Eli Ricks makes the team as an undrafted rookie. Now, Eli Ricks got one snap at nickel in this mm -hmm. game. Uh, there was a play where Goodrich was off the field on a third down. That was a good rep from Eli Ricks. So good to know that he is the backup backup uh, nickel, just so we can check that box of knowing how the depth chart works. Go ahead. I, 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 like, an Eli, I, I like an Eli Ricks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, you know, he, he's not from South Jersey, <laughs> but I, I think that Eli Ricks has just as much of a chance of being good, if not a better chance right yeah. now than, you know, Logan Ryan coming in off the street. Okay. Um, I was just thinking of, of like, you have this, this ready-made roster. If you're looking, I, I, I no did doubt. the thing. No if, doubt. I did the thing you do before shows when, when you look at all the free agents sure. and you say, here's someone who has safety slot experience. Okay. Yeah. That, you know, that's, it's almost like the Corey Graham role from 2017. I think that now is the time for them to be a little bit patient here. You know, this is the easier yes. part of the schedule. You've got a full season ahead of you. Like, let's, let's give these sure. guys in the cornerback incubator that they have. Let's give them a shot. Um, you know, Bradbury's going to be back. So there's only one spot you got to worry about. I think you probably give Goodrich the first chance. If that doesn't work out, then you, maybe you, you play around with Bradbury inside and Job on the outside. Maybe you give Ricks a shot. I don't really think that Ringo is suited to play the slot. I agree. But that's a possibility. I like your idea from Friday. Sydney Brown? I do. Well, you know, it's interesting because in this game when they do those three safety packages, you know, Justin Evans is the guy who yeah. is who is covering the slot and that does Which not, is what I said, yeah. Right, but and it does he gets crushed every single time. Like he is not ready to do that. Um or is past ready basically cuz uh he he's lost a step I think. And I do think that you know when you rewatch this game, I thought the safeties were like maybe more concerning than the linebackers. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do not want, you know, Justin Evans as like the, the backup slot here. But I think you got to give these young guys who you thought were worth it. Um, I think you got to give them a shot. Agreed. Uh, if I can ask you one quick uh, question here. Always. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are going nowhere, right? Um, how dare you? No <laughs> oh. faith in your boy. Uh, Buda what about their, what about I'm, their I'm head coach? I'm asking this because this is on the side of the screen. Okay. Uh, and, I, you know, fans, this is a, a point of curiosity from the fans. Buda Baker is someone that they renegotiated the contract with. But if, uh, if Monty Austin Fort calls you and says, look. Legally or illegally? <laughs> legally in this case. Okay. Buda could be available. Right? I'm not giving him away. You do the old Howie Roseman thing. Yeah, We're but not if, he, if he's the one making the call, <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the other way around. Yeah. Howie calls him. Yeah. Howie calls him. What's the price? What's the price for Buddha? And Monty Osterfort says, look, we're not giving it away, but I'm not hanging up the phone either. What's the highest you're offering? How old is he? Like 28? Uh, 28, probably. Let me pull this up here. I don't think I'm offering... I mean, is there like a, like a trinket from the Novacare complex that Jonathan Gannon, you know, is particularly fond of that he misses? Um, I don't think the cafeteria know, is particularly good in Arizona. So that, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, maybe you offer ratings. him the cafeteria yeah. staff, and Gannon says, "Let's do yeah. it." He's uh, he's he's 27 years old, Buda Baker. Uh, and his contract is through. He, uh, so he's a January birthday, so he turns 28 in January. So he's okay. he's, he's very Gladwellian of him. That's <laughs> nice. He's dealing with a little injury here. Buda Baker contract. Uh, now he was in he was inactive yesterday. I watched the Gannon press conference. Gannon said he got nicked up on Friday. 
we'll see how it goes. He signed. Now they don't have a third, but I think a third is basically my line. Okay. And you don't. Assuming you, you have, you're assuming you're getting him beyond this season. What would the chat do? I'm curious. What about you? Yeah, I mean they don't have a third, but right. I, I would do it. I I really like Buda Baker. I, I think he's also like a personality guy who uh, he can grow with you. He he can be a starter for a few years, but it's not a position where they traditionally pay. So let me see here. They uh, they gave him a 300k signing bonus and 2.4 million impossible incentives. It as kind of a sweetener to the deal. His 2024 salary is 14.2 million, non-guaranteed. Uh, I don't know. I'd give up a fourth. Okay. That's that's probably about it. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. I don't know. I also don't know that he solves that necessarily. He plays in, and he can be a safety. He solves more safety, and then you can right. move Sidney Brown. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, I don't know. Okay. It's not a, it's not a perfect solution, but okay. that's okay. Um, other notes, uh, you know, I, I do think that that Fletcher Cox has had a really strong start to the season in terms of guys who we haven't talked about. You know, you know, Jordan Davis and yes. uh, Jalen Carter have been awesome. Uh, one thing that's interesting is we've seen, uh, and I didn't p- pick up on this right away live, is some of those like different fronts that that Desai and the defensive line are playing with. Like on the the long touchdown to Jordan Addison, it's uh, I believe it's Hassan Reddick off the right edge and Hassan Reddick's spending a little bit more time over there than he did last season in my recollection Barnett inside Carter uh next to him and then Fletcher Cox on the outside rushing from like left defensive end that was and and here's where I will I will give a tip of the cap to uh your boy the Melvin that was a very nice play by by Kirk Cousins stepping up in that pocket putting Terrell Edmonds in a tough situation where he has to decide who to go to uh, no, you're not getting that. You're not getting that goose point. He's not my boy. No, no, I'm saying <laughs> Kirk Cousins is not my boy. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll take all the Gannon shade you give me. I'm not owning Kirk Cousins. Okay. Okay. I think he's your boy. <laughs> um, Edmonds makes the wrong call there. He's got. I think he's got to stay deep. But yeah. but still, um, we also. I also saw there was another another rep where it's uh, Jalen Carter rushing from the edge. Um, and and Barnett inside again. So interesting just to see them them mess around with that stuff up front. Um, you know, I, I thought the linebackers were about what you expected and what it looked like live from the TV copy. Um, you know, Nicholas Morrow's most effective use is just as a blitzer because it takes him out of the equation. And uh, Zach Cunningham had a couple of nice flash plays, but also yeah. was was you know taken advantage of a few times yeah. over the middle of the field. I thought Cunningham I, like, lived up to the name well. You think you, know, you think that low of your own name? <laughs> I, th- I thought cutting like a very mediocre performance is what you I, think Zach's. I are thought worth? he was above mediocre. I thought he. I was, did not think that he. Was I thought above he was mediocre. below outstanding, but above mediocre. Yeah, I, disag- I disagree with that. Okay. Um, and I think that Christian Ellis should be on the field. I do. I'm. I, I will keep pounding the drum. Oh, confirmation bias. I think bias. that he is the most interesting shot for upside there. Um, and I don't think it's particularly close. So two things here. First off, uh, I'll, I'll give a tip of the figurative cap to Sean Desai. I think Sean Desai's shown creativity. I think the defense has been limited by personnel more so than by scheme. Uh, but I, I like what Sean Desai's been doing, and I'm curious and eager to kind of see how this defense evolves over the season. The other thing is, man, Jordan Davis is uh, – I'm impressed. I'm impressed live. I'm impressed watching it back. 
this is what we talked about is, okay, the, the size, speed combination is already present. What ha- the athleticism is there. What happens when, when he can kind of refine and develop as a pass rusher? And we're seeing that. Um, he's penetrating. He's in the quarterback's face. Uh, Kirk Cousins is probably not too thrilled seeing a you know a six foot six, three hundred and fifty pound Jordan Davis. Like, you know, I mean, he's much more imposing. Yeah, he did than get I away with, I, I think, a, a hit to the head on on that one sack. But yeah, okay, yeah, but man, or if, not the sack, the quarterback hit. But yeah, if Jordan Davis is who they hope he could be, next to Jalen Carter, who is who I think they think he is. Uh, this is you're going like full Peter King here, like things I think I think I think. <laughs> things like, I think I think I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, first off, I appreciate that. I yeah, mean, absolutely. anytime I can be compared to PK, yeah. I'll take it. Um, but man, I am I'm uh, I'm really impressed with what we've seen with the early returns of Jordan Davis because we were hard on him last year, and I know it's two games, and I know it was only what 17 snaps the other night, but uh, there's a lot of reasons for optimism at this point. And it's it totally changes like the upside of, of the defense and of the defensive line. If, as you said, it's not just Jalen Carter yeah. and Milton Williams, who's taken a little bit of a leap and mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox playing well. But if Jordan Davis is what he looks like through two games, then all of a sudden, like, you know, arguably the best defensive line in the league again. And they're actually getting more, I feel like, from their uh, interior than from their edge. Yes. And yeah, Hassan Reddick has had a very yeah. quiet first two weeks. And Hassan Reddick had a quiet two, uh, first two weeks last year. And then... It all came out uh, uh, thereafter, so uh, I, I wouldn't be worried about Hassan Reddick, and I'm, I'm, I do wonder how much the the thumb injury is affecting him in terms of the grip. But Hassan Reddick, the sacks come in waves. I spoke to him about that last year quite a bit, and I think those waves will come. And then as for Sweat, who had those those five quarterback hits, I think we may be like undersold just how impactful that one play was in the game. We. Uh, you know, you can't just keep doing this. Like, you, know, you can't take credit for everything. Like, we, yeah, Joshua had a great game, but in terms of the flow of the game, the Vikings yeah. have the first possession of the yes. second half down three points. They come out, and on the second play, Joshua gets that sack, gets the ball out, and the Eagles go to our touchdown. And that's, exactly. Like, that's the game. Like, yes. That was when they won the game. Close to a, sco- a scoop and score there. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what I predicted was a scoop and score. Mm-hmm. I'm taking credit for that. Okay. Wouldn't be the first time. All right. Uh, let's talk FOCO, Zach. Uh, not quite pronounced like the way that, that never mind. <laughs> Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. Best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. Overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. Foco has hooked P-H-L-Y up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Check out the stuff right behind Zach. Foco always has our back for Philly sports and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code P-H-L-Y for 10% off. While we have you, got to remind you to like, subscribe, all that good stuff on YouTube. Make sure you are, uh, you're hooking us up a little bit. What were we going to say, Zach? Go ahead. Yeah, same thing. I, I appreciate uh, all the comments on iTunes. Keep uh, keep adding those. Love checking those out. And uh, this is in podcast form as well. But and yeah, new, like brand and subscribe new feed, you know. Exactly the PHLY Eagles podcast. All right, Zach. Let's do a little. Uh, let's do a little content corner. 
here on, mm. on PHLY. Did you read the Time Magazine cover story on Jalen Hurts by, uh, by Sean Gregory, friend of the, uh, the Wolf family? I, I, I did not realize that. That's, yes. a, that's, a, that's a good pull right there. I did read it. I also read the essay from I believe Peyton the Manning. second uh, quarterback on the cover of Time Magazine since Montana, I think. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. Okay, good company. Anyway, go ahead. No, but, uh, no, I, I read that, and I read the essay by Peyton Manning as well. Now, did you watch the video? I did. So did, what were you interested in these six people that he chose uh, to have dinner with. I, all, the, I love that party. question. You yeah. love that question? Yeah, I love that question. Yeah, and not quite as newsworthy an answer from Jalen Hurts as the Chip Kelly answer of uh, having Anne Frank over for dinner. But uh, what... <laughs> Is that Chip Kelly's answer? Yes. I like that. Okay. Okay. But it was like a very weird, like, what are you going to be doing at this dinner, Chip? It was like... <laughs> I don't remember the other people, but it was not the most sterling, sparkling conversation he was looking to. <laughs> we broke him. We broke Zach. All right. Well, I, I might have Chip on my list because I, I, I've, I've always You would have Chip on your list? Chip is a great conversationalist. Of all the people in the history no, I, of the world, I, you're I picking not, Chip Kelly I, for your. I would not. I was making a joke. I would not have Chip okay. on my list, but I would like to have dinner with Chip. Would you like to? Would you like to give us the six that Jalen Hurts said? Could you? Can you remember them? Uh, Barack Obama, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Yes. Um, I know you were. I know you did a little fist bump when he said when he started off with Michael yeah. Jordan. Like you, well, you've covered that. You've covered that beat very well. Was uh, yeah that I I I was on that one early. Yes. Uh, was Freddie Mercury on the list? Freddie Mercury? <laughs> what? Was Freddie Mercury on the list? <laughs> Zach! <laughs> did, you, did you see the other people he had on the list? Freddie Mercury? I think you're going for Frankie Beverly. <laughs> who is decidedly not Freddie Mercury. If Jalen Hurts started with Freddie Mercury, that would have been very interesting. That's who I meant. I know it's who you meant, but <laughs> Freddie Mercury. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm, I'm clearly not a music guy, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I'm trying to remember who the sixth was, but it was yeah. a, it was a good group. Said he was going to serve him boiled uh, coffee. <laughs> Don't spit that water on your computer, Zach. Let's. Uh, it's good. I'm glad we got our first, you know, full break here at PHLY. This yeah, is good. Seriously. Break the seal. Um, you know what? What's, there's a weird thing that Jalen uh, says where he's like, he's talking about how good he is at the, uh, you know, the boiled crawfish. He's like, uh, my grandmother loves it. My mom loves it. My dad loves it. My girlfriend really loves it. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Jalen? Like, why do you have to give that inflection on the crawfish? <laughs> what? You know, everybody knows about oysters, but wait till you see Jalen's boiled crawfish. If it works, it works. I guess, um, I guess so. Yeah, I, I watched the video. I read the, I, I read the essays. Uh, uh, my takeaways were a little different than, than yours. Okay. I, I, I didn't have the same big takeaway from the crawfish note, but okay. but you are correct, right? I mean... Yeah, my pretty, girlfriend really loves it. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he's he's very proud of his uh, of his of his crawfish. He is, yeah. Uh, so the article itself, 
Uh, I did not find it that surprising that he had not um, seen Barbie. The, 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 no, the, yeah, I now, think it, was, it wasn't that he hadn't seen it, but more that he hadn't even heard of Barbie. Yeah, I mean, you're, like, I understand you're, you're writing to a, a general crowd, um, right? And so at that time, early August, uh, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer were the big, you know, that's, that's probably appealing to the Time Magazine crowd. I would not expect, like, anyone in that locker room to probably have seen Barbie or Oppenheimer. Oh, I disagree with that. Really? Yeah. In order to see either one of them, you're going on your off day during training camp. How many players are going to to the movies during training camp? I bet a lot of them go to the movies. Maybe they haven't seen those movies, but I think some of them But those two in But also just having heard of Barbie is a different... Is a, is, a, is a different cultural touchstone than have you gone to see Oppenheimer okay. for three hours? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a little bit, a little bit interesting. Yeah, that and then... Uh, Not as interesting as, you know, wanting to have but, Freddie Mercury over with Muhammad <laughs> Ali. But. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I, uh, I conflated Freddie Mercury with who? Frankie Beverly. Frankie Beverly. Okay. Yes. Um, Starts with an F, ends in a Y. That's... Probably so. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, but... I was most envious. I like to look, imagine the look on Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Muhammad Ali's faces with, <laughs> with Barack Obama when, <laughs> when Freddie Mercury walks in the room. Yeah, um, I was uh, I was most into uh, the fact that he's he's calling Peyton Manning on the on the way to work yeah. talking about red zone defenses. I mean, you know, it's interesting that, he does, that, that he does voice notes. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. It's not he's he's not leaving uh, voicemails or texting. He's like he's in the car doing a doing a voice notes. It's thing. more efficient, right? You're in the car. You can't text. I've never really drive. done the. Vo- I've never been a big voice notes guy. Are you? No, but I I can certainly see it when you're driving. You know, you're, you're not texting, right? So you 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 send the voice memo. Hmm. I get that. Yeah. Okay. Now, Zach, uh, let's say that Time Magazine was doing a story on, on Zach Berman. Mm-hmm. You know, PHLY and All City have just blown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, are, you are the new Peter King. You are the face of football content. And they want to know if you have a dinner party, Zach, mm. who are the four people who are coming to your dinner party? I need a little time to think about this one here. Yeah, well, Jalen didn't have time to think about it. He had to answer it right away. Uh, it would not be Freddie Mercury. Okay. Nor Frankie Beverly. Okay. Um, who would I go with? Uh, try to think. Um, you want to you think it over and come back tomorrow? Yeah, I, 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 I would take that. I mean, John Wooden probably won. Okay. Okay. Teach you how to put your socks on. That's a big John Wooden thing. Yes. I, yeah, I, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, let me circle back tomorrow because there's some good ones. I mean, Nelson Mandela. Andrew. <laughs> okay. Um, that'd be... Um, yeah, I'm Nick circle Saban. Back. What's that? Nick Saban. No, not Nick Saban. No, not Nick Saban. Yeah, nor Chip Kelly. Jimmy King. <laughs> Jimmy King. Uh, no, but I. I, I you did might get just a, pick. You might just pick the Fab Four, and then you could just sit there and be a fly on the wall. Yeah, I'm gonna think about this one here. Um, I'm gonna think about this one, and I'm gonna get back to you with with four good names tomorrow. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We are back tomorrow at 11:30. Live on our YouTube channel, Brian Baldinger going to join us for a little bit. And then we are 10 a.m. the rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, Download on your uh, podcast apps. Make sure you like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. And that'll do it. So for (laughs) Zach and Andrew and Freddie Mercury, we thank you for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. 
all silly like the mayor. 